0: This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Welcome to a Guided Life podcast, where we talk about all things spirit and life. I'm your host, Laura West. Follow me on Facebook at guidedwest11, on Instagram at guidedwest, and on Twitter at laurawest111. I also have a website at www.laurawest.net where you can download a free guide on how to meet your own spirit guides. My book Guided is available on Amazon and it's about soul teams, intuition, mediumship, and spiritual tools such as oracle and tarot cards, crystals, pendulums, and so much more. My guest today is Deb Soromeno. Deb is a soul-led artist, neophile, and gallivanter. Her calling in life is to see the world differently and to challenge others to do the same. One of the main ways she does this is through her art. She adores creating paintings that give a sense of connection to the unusual or unexpected and inject a bit of the fantastical into the ordinary. Things with a symbolic nature fascinate her and hold a very prominent place in her art. She loves letting the organic nature of watercolor guide her to create layers of beautiful luminescence and texture. She invites you to join her in exploring the world through her art. Hey, Deb, I am just so excited to spend this time with you and talk about your journey uh, because I have a feeling it's going to be a really interesting story to hear.
1: <laughs> Thank you. I am excited to be talking to you about it.
0: All right. Well, you know, I kind of want to start with what even prompted me to reach out to you, which was that Facebook post, I don't know if you remember but it was the then, it was like the then and the now. Right. and how you posted sort of the image that you portrayed back then and the the person that you are now. Can you talk a little bit more about about that post?
1: Yeah, it's it's funny because it's actually like the, the second time I had done that. I did almost the exact same time last year. I did the same type of post. So I don't know if it's maybe a time of year I start thinking about this. I don't know. But I was actually going through, I think I was looking for an old photo and I stumbled upon this this image of me and my son was little. And I mean I had a smile on my face, but I was just like blah. Like I just like looking at myself, I just, you know, looked Blah. And I was like, man, I, I am such a different person now. Like I hardly recognize myself in that photo. I mean, honestly, if I didn't know it was me, I would have been like, who is this person? (laughs) (laughs) And and so I'm like, you know, this is. This is like a great time to like do another one of these like before and after posts because it always inspires so many people and I mean so many women like contact me after I make these posts about oh my gosh you inspired me to you know to kind of just be myself and to like not feel like I have to you know hold on to these you know images that people expect me to be um and so I love doing the post because of that and so in in contrast the image that i that I posted of today was over the top for sure. I was like dressed up and in, in, uh, we'd like to go to Rinfest, And so I was in this like warrior woman and my husband and I did this photo shoot and the sun was in a perfect spot. It was right behind my head. And, and I had this like, you know, look on my face and it was just amazing. It was like an incredible photo. And I was like, you know, of course I'm dressed up in this photo. But the point is, is in that first photo, I would have never had the courage had the gumption, I don't know, to go out in public dressed up like this and like take these this photo shoot, like right in the middle of a, like all these people. Um, I would have. I was not that person. I would have never done that. You know, so that just really showed even more that contrast of what a different person I am now than I was then.
0: Can you maybe explain what the first photo showed
1: Like specifically, like it showed me just standing with my son within a stroller and I, we were out, I, we were living in Washington DC at the time. And I think we were probably out in the Smithsonian mall on the grounds there. We used to go there all the time. And I, I just was, you know, my husband probably just taking a picture and I was just smiling my, you know it was really funny because my son had like the you know, most horrible look on his face. Like he was pissed about something, but <laughs> but I, I just had like a, just a, like a smile on my face. Like, you know, I'm supposed to be happy. I'm a mom. I'm out here, you know,
0: and yeah, then like and, natural you know. hair color, button up. Were exactly. Button up? Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I actually
1: had, I actually had this and I mean, I say these things not to like you know, make fun of women who do like to dress in these types of things, you know, there's always that fine line, like, I don't want to offend anybody that does like to dress like this, because we're all different people. And we like, you know, we get it, uh, you know, our shirts sure, yeah. are, are in all different forms. But I had on like this khaki skirt, like a, you know, it's like khaki pants, but it was just mm-hmm. a skirt of like a beige, you
0: know, almost like cargo type of, you know, it, skirt. it looks pretty conservative.
1: It was, yeah, it was very, yeah, it was very kind of just conservative and and just not really who I was at all, you know, which which just also emphasized how how I was not at that time of my life and for a good portion of my life not being who I really was inside,
0: what was the um the difference in the the dates from the first photo to the the now photo? How long um, ago was that first photo?
1: It was, see, my son was about seven. So it must have been close to 15 years, maybe.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what happened between that photo and, and now? <laughs> what, what, what happened there? <laughs>
1: well, I mean, nothing for the longest time. I was just going along through the motions, Um, you know, for the longest time in, you know, and you think you're happy. I never felt like I was unhappy, or that I had a horrible life or anything mm-hmm. um, I just wasn't filled with joy like I am now, like there's a difference in just not being happy or not being sad and being filled with joy. There's such a difference you know that it's hard to explain to to people that that there is that difference and and so you know, for the longest time, I was just that same person, and it and it literally was when. I basically was turning 50 that the sort of the, the flip switched. And um, so that's, I'm 55 now. So that was five years ago, you know, and, and it was slow at first, like only in the past, like two or three years have I really, really, you know, just embraced just completely unapologetically being myself. What kind of work did you do back then? Well, lots of different things. I've always been a creative and so I did, I actually owned a, um, a salon and spa for a while. Oh. And after I sold that, because I'm really, I'm just not a manager. I just get too irritated with people. So oh. I'm not very, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, are you crazy? Why are you doing this? Like, <laughs> <laughs> so like, you know, this isn't really my thing. I need to be more of this kind of independent person. So I started doing jewelry design. And I did do a design for eight or nine years. Oh, wow. And I really did love that. I, it actually got to the point to where I was getting too big. I either had to start outsourcing or, or, you know, look at manufacturers or hiring people. And again, not really my thing. It is not the, you know, that type of thing doesn't make me happy. Um, I don't want to be like just a manager of a bunch of little things going on underneath me. I want to be part of that creative process or, or, or the actual you know, um, mm-hmm. creator. So I, I just, I just stopped. I was like, I, I, I can't do this. And I, I was doing so many shows. I had a whole bunch of wholesale accounts. Um, and it was really amazing. Like I had some, one of the Smithsonian museums, like, you know, got commissioned me to make some jewelry for their um, shop. I had, you know, jewelry in several, you know, museum shops, I had jewelry and shops. I mean, it was, you know, it was going really well. It just wasn't what I wanted to do, you know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. It just wasn't, that wasn't making me
0: happy. Yeah. I think that's a really important point that you make and that, you know, you started something off that I'm sure felt really good and people, you know, I think lots of people, I mean, can't speak for everybody, but I think a lot of people, start off with an idea, hoping that they can make it big. And, you know, you got to a point where you were making it big, but then you're like, nope, (laughs) (laughs) not for me. Yeah. So that's really, really interesting. So it feels like intuitively you're, you just weren't, weren't feeling anymore. You had to go in a different direction. Is that, is that safe to say? Yeah.
1: And I mean, I could have, I could have like just scaled way back. Right. And just think, that you know, this is one, I'm not what I want to do. I just, you know, want to, you know, just have be in a couple of shops or something. But I, I by that time, I had really burnt myself out. I mean, it was it was I mean, it was quite a lot. I was doing so, so much. I mean, I had I don't know if you know, Nia People. Um, yeah. Nia Peoples. Mm-mm. She um, she wore my, you know, some of my earrings on. She was on Pretty Little Liars. Oh, um, an actress.
0: Oh wow. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And amazing. And you know, so I had my jewelry and, and the gift bags and, you know, the Oscars and things like that. Oh
0: my goodness.
1: Um, yeah. So it was like it was, I could have really like kept going bigger and bigger, but it just that's not what made me happy. And I mm-hmm. and I knew that because I just the 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 more I started doing things, the the less happy I got, you know. Mm-hmm. And and I was so just burnt out. I was doing shows, like in-person shows all the time. So at at that point, I was just burnt out. I just didn't want to do anything else. And the jewelry that I designed, I was actually a silversmith. So it wasn't Mm -hmm. like beaded jewelry. It was actually like metal. I was doing um, silver and bronze jewelry. And so it was a lot of work too. It was a lot of work to do all this, you know, hand silversmithing Mm -hmm. of the jewelry. And so there's all this stuff. I was just Done. I'm like, I just need to take like a break. I just need to take a break and do, you know, nothing, just be creative or do art just for me. I I don't want to show it. I don't want to sell it. I don't do anything. I just want to have some time that I can just do what I want to do without any pressure of somebody else liking it. And so I that's, that's what I did. I basically I just stopped. I just stopped. I, you know, closed out wholesale accounts, I stopped doing shows, I, I took my website down, everything. And and that's what I did. I just I just took time to to just that that's actually when I started creating some of my mandalas that I did for a while. Mm. Um then, How did then that after feel you know... to
0: shut everything down.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh oh my God, it felt great. <laughs> it was <laughs> It was like a big relief because, again, I, like I said, I was so burnt out and I just it wasn't going in, in a direction that, yeah, I mean, some people would have been like, are you crazy? Like you were getting so big and everything. But I mean, if something doesn't bring you joy, you need to recognize that. And why torture myself? Why be unhappy just because it's getting popular or I want to be, you know. Exactly. big or whatever. That's, mm-hmm. that's not what makes me happy. Um. So it was a relief to, to have that. It, it was also like, definitely a like, oh my gosh, I didn't stick it out. There was a little bit of that. There was a little bit like, oh, I, I couldn't stick it out. I couldn't manage to keep it going. And so there's a little bit of that, like crushing, like, oh, you failed. Sure. But since really, I, I didn't fail. I just decided myself to stop Um, It wasn't quite like that. It wasn't so bad. I was really just felt like a weight lifted from my shoulders because I wasn't having to do these shows, you know, in person shows every week and like, you know, fill these orders and just, you know, and Mm -hmm. custom orders, people, custom orders with jewelry is just crazy. And uh, so I was I was very happy. And so that was, I mean, that was probably it was in that time that I was taking a break that the sort of transition, you know, from Deb then to Deb now happened too. So
0: <laughs> interesting, interesting. Yeah, almost was like it two separate lives.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, it wasn't it wasn't because of that that the, the change, but it was during that time. So
0: and, I don't know if you yeah. want to hear the
1: story, the exact story of why, what the spark, I guess, behind the big absolutely, I do. Yeah. <laughs> so. It, it's kind of it's like one of those just like random stories that you know that those are the at best time <laughs> Wait, yes, exactly. So I I had really like all my life, and one of those internal things wanted a tattoo. I just I just really always thought it'd be really cool to have a tattoo, but I couldn't get a tattoo. Like people, you know, you just people like me didn't get tattoos, right? And I mean, granted, I didn't live in Austin at the time, because there's probably a little bit more acceptable here. But (laughs) (laughs) but but mostly just, you know, I was a mom, I was married, I was just and I and I just felt like I always had to portray this, like responsible, or this very, just really watered down person, you just have to be, you know, you just have to be kind of a vanilla, right? Every, you're not going to like, cause any waves. You're just going to fit in everywhere. You're not going to like, be, you know, really remarkable one way or the other. It's like under the radar. Yeah, (laughs) basically. Basically. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So of course, like you can't have a tattoo. And so then I was that at that time I was turning 50 and I thought like, I really want to get a tattoo for my 50th birthday. And, but then I'm like, Oh, but you know, I kind of can't get a tattoo. And then, Somehow, something clicked in my head and was like, what exactly are you doing? You are going to not get something, not do something that you've always wanted to do. When you're turning 50, why? Why? Who who are you doing this for? Like, who are you trying to make happy? You know, you're not making yourself happy. So who are you trying to make happy? Why are you... And and it just all came like flooding. I'm like, oh my god, what? I am turning fifty. Like, this is like the time where, (laughs) you know, you're you're not you know not getting old, but you're not getting younger, right? There's a point to where you're suddenly you start seeing that you know time of your life that things starts you know happening like fifty. And I'm like, this is I I can't do this anymore. Like, I can't I can't do this to myself anymore. I need Mm -hmm. to just. I need to get this tattoo. I need to get this tattoo because it's like almost like a symbol for me that I was just gonna do what I wanted to do. I wasn't gonna worry about what other people thought of me. And of course that's easy to say, right? And it's it's yeah, (laughs) you know, you have it in your head, but that's it's harder to do, especially when you're conditioned for so many years to to do what to be what you think other people want you to be. Sure. And that was my biggest thing is I always felt like I had to be what other people wanted me to be, but it was a start. It was a start. I mean, the, the tattoo was delayed a little bit because there was like several things going on in that big things happening in that year that are whole other stories. But part of that was <laughs> our move to Austin. And so I did get, I think I didn't actually get the tattoo until I was 51, um, mm-hmm. technically, but, um, but it had already been planted in my head that I was going to do it. I just, everything got delayed. So, so that was a start. I mean, that was a start that tattoo and the first tattoo that I got um, I actually designed myself Which which, and and I actually, it's on my upper back across my top of my shoulders, which is great. It's beautiful, but I can't see it. So that was really (laughs) a bummer. I'm like, I am not getting a tattoo anywhere else ever that I can't see it. (laughs) Cause, <laughs> good point. I
0: know, like other people can see it, but I can't.
1: But that that was a start, and and I just you know I started making decisions after that to you know to just do the things I wanted to. Like I love wearing black, and I always thought like you can't wear black. I'm not goth. I'm not. You know, people are going to think. You know, why mm-hmm. is she just wearing somebody dye? What's going on? Um, but I'm like what. Why? Why am I, you know, again doing what I think other people want of me? Sure. So I just started, you know, just wearing more of the things that I really love. And then I was like, "You know what? I wanted to dye my hair purple." And so I dyed my hair purple, and I absolutely love it. I don't know if I can ever go back to like, you know, normal hair again.
0: <laughs> yeah. so,
1: and so there's just been like so many things like that. You know, I mean, last year, I actually, you know, shaved the sides of my head. So I have, you know, like both sides shaved. And uh that was a huge thing. That was, that was a, that was a big one because you, you have this, you know, very specific image of yourself in, you know, with, Hair and 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 everything and so shaving mm-hmm. the sides. I was I really wanted to do. Is I was excited about it and I I still have it. I I love it. It's been over a year now, but there was a time like probably the next day after I got it cut, I I almost had a meltdown. I was like, "What did I do? What did I do?" You know, but it was only because again I was seeing it like through the eyes of how other I thought other people would think of me. You know, so you just like. Each time and and I tell people like this, each each time you have those moments to where you doubt or to where you kind of fall back, you know you just have to remind yourself why you know you're on this path and make another resolution or another you know decision to stay on your own path. And sometimes it's hard, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. it's really hard, but in the end, you know, it's, it's so, so worth it. I am so, so happy now I I am. And honestly, I think that I look way better than I did when I was younger. I mean, even my son saw a photo of me the other day. I was like, oh my gosh, look at this picture. He's like, is that you? I'm like, yeah, look, oh, my gosh. He's like, you know, I actually think you look younger now than you did in that picture. And <laughs> I'm like, I feel younger now. I think that I did in that picture. I Which, agree. You know, when your son says, says that, you know, it's right. You know, it's, it's true. <laughs>
0: yeah. <right. laughs> yeah. What do you think in your life may have contributed to that feeling of needing to live your life for others?
1: It's kind of hard exactly to pinpoint for me. It seemed like kind of such a slow thing because when I was much younger, I was pretty fearless. When I was, you know, college and things like that, and and I thought a bit about it, you know, myself and in what it, how exactly I got to the person that I was then, and a lot of it I think is because my husband's family they're European, and so they're much. I wouldn't call it proper, but, you know, it's much like more conservative?
0: formal.
1: Yeah, conservative, but in not in a political sense, right? Uh-huh, just a conservative uh-huh. and, a, you know, they just, you know, you don't go out of the house unless you're dressed up and, and nice oh. and you look a certain way and you, you know, dinners are more formal. And, and mm-hmm. so, you know, you're really looked at a lot in how your table manners are, how you look when you when you go out and things like that and i and I so I think that was probably the biggest part of it, is I always felt like I had to fit in with mm-hmm. his family um or at least not be like the weird one that their son married, you know mm-hmm. and so, <laughs> and so I mean, I think that's probably what happened, and it just kind of just kept me. You know, in one place, and and just kept me being kind of small, really, because uh, I I didn't want to be the one that stands out or to be the one that is you know the oddball. And and I hate to like you know put blame or something like that on anybody else or any other thing, because really, you are responsible for your own joy and your own happiness. And you know, so I, I could have at any time in there decided that I just wasn't going to to do that. You know, but the, you know, I mean, hindsight is twenty twenty, they say, right? right? You know, oh, I absolutely. Mean, yeah, you you know, I, at the time I, I didn't realize what I was doing. You know, I I, I didn't realize like I said before, I, I I never I didn't think I was unhappy. I didn't think I had a horrible life or anything. Mm-hmm. Um I just didn't realize at the time that I just wasn't in this sort of state of joy that I am now. So that's probably the, you know, the biggest reason why that was, you know, who I was then.
0: Can I ask, um, how are things now that you are you? Oh, absolutely fine. Wonderful.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know, and you all, gosh, I mean, I, I am a big overthinker. In general, I think people tend to think, Things are going to be a lot worse than they really are, and and, and I think a lot of times people think, and I, and I know I do, or did, that people are judging you for certain things when really they probably don't even notice those things half the time. You know, you're mm-hmm. you're thinking that they're looking at every like minute part of you, and and really they they don't even notice. So 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 now, I mean, granted, it is. Fifteen years later, and times have changed a bit, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's much more acceptable now to have tattoos and and all that kind of stuff, and nobody thinks twice about it, for the most part.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: There's not single, not not a single issue, not a single eye roll, not a single sideways glance, nothing. Everything's fine. So, even more so, why was I, you know, doing that to myself all
0: those years? And they probably now. See like the joy coming off of you. It's probably that just the the person that you are. I'm sure so much happier, and just you are shining through. And I mean, who wouldn't want to be around that or see that? So yeah. I mean, imagine that's just you're oozing it now. Where maybe before you <laughs> weren't. Exactly, I am oozing it. <laughs> yeah. So tell me, what else is it that you're doing these days? I know you're doing a lot of art and creating all these amazing amazing pieces yeah I mean after
1: after I you know had the break you know after I I stopped doing the jewelry and I had the the break and you know I'm an artist and I like to kind of artists I think and you know for the most part like to show their work you don't you know there's, there's not too many artists that like create works and never want to show anybody. Mm-hmm. So after a while I was making them as these mandalas, I started, you know, just showing people like, Oh, look what I made. And, you know, everybody loved them and which then prompts you to make more and then show more. And then suddenly I was, you know, selling them and which I loved making the mandalas. They are really amazing. I still, you know, do mandalas for myself, just as kind of like a meditative sort of exercise. Mm-hmm. Um sometimes I include them, you know, in in my art now, but I really went towards um watercolor. I started adding some watercolors to my mandalas and then I just really really love that. So now I pretty much strictly do watercolor, a little bit of mixed media in there, like I'll throw some, you know, some uh, acrylic in and and gold foil and things like that. But it's pretty much just watercolor and I love 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 working on them and i've been doing a lot of soul searching recently actually about why i paint what i paint because i paint a lot of unusual things um, insects you know anything from dragonflies to beetles i paint lotus flowers i i paint you know just smaller things different things and i've i just really done some searching recently on like why do i paint the things i paint and and what i'm coming to to realize is most of the things I paint have a lot of symbolism behind them. Mm. Um, I just am fascinated by the idea of things that that have meaning. I mean really just man-made meaning. at some point, at some time somebody decided that you know a dragonfly has certain meanings, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and in different cultures, it's different things even, but it's, you know, it's, it's usually fairly common. Um, but it's just fascinating to me. And so I, I, you know, I just realized that almost everything that I paint has some sort of symbolism behind it. And also I include, you know, mandalas in them. I include a lot of sacred geometry in my painting, which also is, you know, uh, has a lot of, you know, meaning and and um, symbolism behind it. And and I think in painting those things, it's because those things and the the symbolism behind them creates emotion. You know, Mm -hmm. it really gives you feelings. You know, you don't just look at it and you go, oh, that's a pretty picture. The things that I paint make you think about them and make you either connect with the symbolism or, or just acknowledge the symbolism that's going on there. Um, And so you actually have more of an emotion when you see it and not, not because they're tragic or, or, you know, anything like that, but just because they have that symbolism behind them and they, they, you know, they're images that mean something other than just, you know, like a pretty flower or something. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so I've really just been fascinated with that. I'm, you know, kind of, Again, like I said, doing some soul searching, like really like, you know, how can I like really understand more myself and what I how, you know, what I paint and how can I even try to push that more? You know, so so I'm loving, loving, loving what I'm doing. I'm I am at a point now I'm kind of painting some smaller paintings and I'm and I'm just experimenting a little bit and and trying to like, you know, discover how I can push push myself and push my art a little bit more. Cause I always, I'm always in this sort of like state of flux and change. And I, I love the new, like I, you know, I call myself like a neophile because I just love all mm-hmm. things to do. And, and, you know, just experience and emotion and texture and all those things just fascinate me. So how can I like just include those things all more in my art than I'm doing right now? So that, that's, that's really where I am in my art right now, for sure.
0: That reminds me so much of like um, tarot or oracle decks. You know how people mm-hmm. will even read into the images and the symbolism in the images. It just sounds yeah. like like you might you might be uh, on the verge of creating a, a deck or something like that that people can can <laughs> can use for their day, I, everyday life. Yeah, I've I've definitely
1: thought about it. I mean, I've had several people, you know, comment like, "Oh, you should make a deck." At, at one point, I was. A year and a half ago or so I got on this kick where I was painting a ton of mermaids because I really was loving this idea. And again, like this kind of symbolism behind mermaids and every culture in the world like has some sp- sort of mermaid and, and has like meaning behind them. And so I just got really fascinated with that. And I was painting all these different mermaids and I was like, and I actually thought like that would be a really cool Oracle deck to have like these different mermaids sort of uh, symbolize the different parts of ourselves. And so if in an Oracle deck, it would be, you know, just something to support, you know, your coming to terms with who you are and loving yourself, good, the bad, the ugly, everything, just accepting, you know, it may not be your favorite part of yourself, but it's still part of what makes you, you. And so you should embrace it. And, and, and even if it's things that you feel like you need to change a little bit, you can still appreciate what that part of you is as you're trying to change it. So, yeah, so there's still always that possibility. I still have that back in in the back of my head that I want to do that,
0: that mermaid Oracle
1: deck. So maybe someday.
0: I mean, (laughs) so my daughters and I, we, First of all, we love mermaids. Second of all, we love the coloring book that you created because oh, we, yes. we bought it on Amazon. Yay. And we get, would get so excited to like look up and see, oh, what does the mermaid of uh, of America look like? You know, what does the mermaid of yeah. this country look like? And the little stories yeah. that you put with it and the it was like the latitude and the longitude that goes with it. I mean, it was just so thoughtful and then it's a coloring book which is yeah. so interactive yeah. I, mean, I mean even grown-ups you know i love coloring yeah <laughs> So yeah, I loved making a coloring
1: book.
0: Yeah. Yeah, doing the, yeah, yeah,
1: doing the, because I couldn't just make a coloring book. I'm like, this has to be something else. So that's why (laughs) I went to like, I actually like went to all these places on Google Maps and got the coordinates. I'm like, okay, this Scottish mermaid is on, at this coordinates. This is where I spotted her. So yeah, so that was really fun.
0: And I mean, not to mention you're, you're just so talented artistically, so talented artistically that it's like, I can't even believe I know someone who can draw this well. <laughs> <laughs> it's just thank really you. amazing. Yeah, just watching your stuff. I mean, your your mandalas alone, they're so symmetrical. It's just like I'm always so <laughs> impressed <laughs> with they're like almost like perfect circles. It's just I mean, you definitely yeah. have have the talent. That's for sure. That's yeah. for sure.
1: Well, it's like some of that innate and there's also, like I always tell, and I do a lot of the sort of just like follow along mandalas, mostly on Facebook, you know, where you can kind of, you know, follow along with me. I yeah, do them live.
0: Those are fun. And
1: I always have to say like, you know, you have to remember your your mandala is not going to look like mine. I have made literally thousands of mandalas. You get muscle memory. You know, mm-hmm. you you start to be able to draw a really good circle and your shapes start looking really symmetrical. Because you just have done them so many times, mm-hmm. that
0: makes sense. <laughs> you know?
1: yeah, yeah. So, <clears throat> so I always have to uh, to remind people, like, don't be upset if yours is like wobbly or wonky or oval shaped or anything, you know. Because uh, you know, do like you know two thousand of them, and then we'll talk again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that reminds me so much of like um, when people share their their life journeys. It's like you know, don't compare your journey to mine you know yes. my, mine might look like a perfect circle but it's started off wobbly and wonky and exactly not perfect so yeah you know, that's exactly it exactly it yep so and i know um do you and your husband go on road trips as well i know it's probably been some time since you went or i know there was yeah, one we, yeah we we
1: do yeah we
0: have a um, vintage motorhome that
1: we um, we gutted it and built it back up from scratch on the inside, so it doesn't look like your typical motorhome on the inside. But yeah, we do we do take that around. We haven't done any really long trips. The longest we've um, taken it is from Austin, like central Texas, to um, Florida, mm-hmm. and that was a nice trip. But we've gone, you know, we do a lot of like shorter around Texas trips in it, and. And I've also used it and I'm going to be doing using it more as sort of like a mobile gallery. So I can just do some little like, uh, you know, events with my art in it around locally. So that would be really cool, too.
0: Oh, I love it. And you also have like a little I mean, it's like a mini studio in there, don't you? Like a little section to do your painting. Yeah. so, I mean, your create your creativity like ex- extends beyond <laughs> your painting. <laughs> like you made this little space inside. That's so cool. I always find that so fascinating, like seeing, watching people rebuild the inside of their RVs or trailers or whatever it is into something that's like am- amazing, like nicer than my home. <laughs> <Sometimes Yeah. laughs> it's just so fascinating to see. And then <laughs> there's people who will take off for months. I yeah. think it's so, it's, yeah. it's so neat.
1: Yeah. So, I can't, I really want to do like a longer, a couple month trip in it. Um, just oh, yeah. my husband's work is so like busy right now or Got the it. past couple years that, uh, that taking those longer trips is, is kind of difficult. So, but soon we're going to do that. At least a couple months. Oh, good. Not longer.
0: <laughs> well, you'll have to document that when you guys do. <laughs> Absolutely, I'm sure you will because that's going to be so fun to watch. Um, so, I'm curious, um, what advice would the 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 Deb of today give the the Deb from Washington DC who you know is pushing her son in that stroller? What advice would you give her? Oh, <sighs> That's a tough question, isn't it? So much advice. I feel like you kind of gave some already, but uh, maybe like, (laughs) like if you could like, I mean, basically, (laughs) yeah, I basically, it's just like,
1: you know, don't about, you know, what other people think of you, because in the end, it it doesn't matter. You know, if, 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 if you're not happy, like if you're sacrificing your own happiness to make other people happy then, you know, there's just something wrong with that picture. Like, like, don't do that. You need to be happy first. Um, it's, I guess, just just don't worry about other people's opinions. It's, it doesn't matter in the end. Like
0: life is short, you know, do, Mm -hmm. do what makes you happy. I think that that's something that we can all, (laughs) all listen to, um, absolutely, you know, from some degree or another. So I think that's, that's really great advice. Well, Deb, thank you so much for your time. This was just so much fun, such a pleasure. And I really hope that, you know, people do check out your amazing work and all the really neat stuff that you're doing and just following your journey, you know, on on social. I I have all your links in the the bio and the show notes, but thank Thank you so much for your time.
1: Yes, of course. Thank you, Laura. It was really, really fun talking to you and getting to like share all the like, you know, gory details of
0: my journey yeah (laughs) Yeah, yeah absolutely that that's that's always the best part and that was another episode of a guided life podcast thank you so much for tuning in and until next time love and light always